Hi, I'm Francis Hellier, and welcome to my brand new podcast, Metaverse. This is a podcast for the future-minded, a series for anyone on the hunt for the next big thing and all its possibilities and implications. This is Tomorrow's World Today. With each episode, I will chat to those at the top of their fields, from futurists in crypto and space travel to forecasters in business and tech. Together, we will ask the question, what's next? Today, I'm joined by cousins Dove and Sam Falik, co-founders of Blockbar, the world's first direct-to-consumer NFT marketplace for wines and spirits. Blockbar connects consumers and collectors with stockists, offering buyers the opportunity to trade NFTs in return for unique drinks products. In their first year of business, they worked for global brands such as Glenfiddich, Hennessy, and Patron. Dove, Sam, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for taking the time today. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. So first of all, Dov, I believe you grew up in Panama right. and Sam, you grew up in Miami. Yes. As cousins, did you see you know much of each other? And when yeah. did you first start to realize you could enter entrepreneurship together? First of all, we, we were like brothers almost. Uh, a lot of trips back and forth. It's only a two and a half hour flight. Uh, a lot of weekends in Miami and a lot of weekends in Panama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also... Dove actually was born in Miami, so he moved over to Panama when he was eight years old, Dove, 10? 10. Yeah, but we spent all our times together. We're actually a group of four cousins. Um, we founded the company together, but we grew up together a lot like brothers, you know, a lot of <laughs> a, a, a lot of watching movies, playing pranks, playing sports. It was nonstop. Dove is the oldest cousin and I'm the youngest. Okay, so let's kind of go back to the very beginning. Why Wines and Spirits? Why did you think that was a good business opportunity on the blockchain? So I'll, I'll, so I'll start with, the, um, with why wine and, wines and spirits. Uh, our family business is uh, duty-free, duty-free America. So we have around 200 duty-free stores, mostly in the Americas. Um, and that ranges, and we've, you know, obviously wines and spirits is a big piece of our business. Um, and we build those relationships throughout the years. I mean, through, you know, it's really our fathers are the ones who started the business. They built these relationships for so many years. Um, with the wine and spirits companies and we just saw it as a great opportunity um, to enter the nft world actually one of one of the how it started i'll let sam give the tell you the story of how it started but it was literally a weekend on the beach in panama of how we thought how we merged the nft world with uh, the wine and spirits world dove is being a little bit modest first of all he's the commercial director for spirits of duty-free americas um, we have a very large distribution network of, of spirits in Latin America. We're one of the largest distributors in Colombia and, and various other countries that Dove could tell you. Um, and Dove also helped spearhead uh, the largest e-commerce delivery platform for spirits in Singapore. Now, it was about a year and a half ago when I went to go visit Dove and his father, Leon, in Panama. And, you know, I was fascinated with this whole NFT craze that was going on. And I was trying to explain it to them. And a lot, like many people who hear it for the first time, you know, they seem very skeptical. Um, and when we looked at the space, you know, it's such a fascinating and incredible technology, but at the same time, it's very difficult for someone to get started. Meaning you have to set up an account on an exchange, then you need to set up a wallet, then you need to go on a website you've never used before, buy, you know, art from a, an artist you've never heard of before, if you like, even if you like art, and, th and then you have to pay in crypto where there's not a lot of customer service if something happens. So initially our goal was, you know, why don't we utilize our existing businesses to try and use NFTs to solve an actual problem in the industry and also to, to sell NFTs directly from luxury brands and, you know, find a way for consumers to pay in credit card. Um, now, when we looked at a lot of the crypto projects coming out at the time, 
and again, I don't want to take away from what anyone has done. A lot of them seemed very uh, marketing oriented, meaning it seemed a lot like a, like a marketing play. So our goal from the start was to utilize the technology to solve an actual problem in the industry. And through Dove and his father's experience in the spirits industry, um, as incredible as spirits are, we did identify various obstacles that did seem to be directly solved uh, using non-fungible tokens. So Dove Sam, can you explain to our listeners exactly how this works? What's difficult to sort of comprehend is what is it you're actually adding to uh, you know, your, your incredible family success over the years. What's the play here? What's the difference here between what you've done historically as a family? You know, when you look at the spirits industry, there are various obstacles, as I mentioned. So number one is access, where if you wanted to buy a high-end bottle of wine or a high-end bottle of spirits, you wouldn't even know where to go. Meaning you're not going to go to the liquor store. You can't get in touch directly with the brand. You'd ha probably have to go through an auction house if you've ever been there before. Then number two, if you actually buy that bottle, you have to worry about storing it in the proper temperature, worry about someone accidentally coming to your house and knocking it over or taking a sip and, and opening it. If you move to a new country, you have to worry about transporting it. Uh, it's very difficult to get insurance on it. And then ultimately, let's say that you decide to sell it uh, because high-end spirits and high-end wine have actually outperformed gold in the S&P 500 as an investment. So you decide to sell it. Where are you going to sell it? You know, everyone says it's this incredible investment that you could sell, but it's very difficult to actually go ahead and, and sell it. Anywhere you go, you're going to have to prove authenticity. And the hard truth in the industry that, you know, people kind of dance around is that it's very, very, very difficult to authenticate a bottle of spirits or wine, specifically the liquid inside. Um, so, you know, you can try and authenticate the bottle on the outside, but the liquid inside, there's always going to be a question of doubt. So we looked at this opportunity. We said, you know, there is an interesting way to do this with non-fungible tokens. So essentially what we do at BlockBar is we sell NFTs directly from luxury brands. Each NFT is tied to a physical product that we store in our facility in Singapore. Then the consumers get the NFT and they have the ability to resell it on the platform or on OpenSea, gift it to anybody across the entire world, or at any point destroy the, the burn the NFT and redeem the physical product. And the real difference maker here of what we're doing is each one of the NFT ties to a physical product, but also we do this in collaboration with high-end brands. So we don't deal with any distributors. We don't deal with any retailers. We don't deal with any current collectors. Every product listed on our platform comes directly from the brand that you're reading about. So it really is a direct to consumer experience. You're creating a relationship directly with the brand if you opt into it. And, uh, you know, the brand is going to consistently offer you exclusive content, exclusive access, various different things. But yeah, so it really does solve a lot of the problems and a lot of the barriers in the industry. So if my dad wants to buy a bottle of whiskey from you guys, how does he go about doing it? So it's actually very easy. Um, and we, again, we used our experiences from- Not that I will encourage, not that I will encourage him, just to point that out. <laughs> no, no, no. Well- we, we, we use our experiences from the e-com world to try and make it as seamless as possible. So our products are listed for the suggested retail price. So it's the same price that you would find it somewhere else. If anything, it's a little bit cheaper because it didn't go through all of those intermediaries and all of those middlemen. Um, the product is listed directly from the brand. A consumer comes in, they see the product, they click buy. They have the option to either buy it via credit card, wire transfer, or Ethereum. Um, and then once they buy that product, the consumer has the ability to redeem the product immediately, which then, you know, seems like a very regular e-commerce experience. 
or now they have the added benefit to opt in to have it stored by professionals and have the product delivered on demand. If we take this back a step, obviously you have family history in this space. Uh, why did you, or how did you come across this idea? How did you imagine it? What, what was it about NFTs and uh, metaverse and everything else that you thought was the way forward going through your plans, et cetera, et cetera? I think the two the two main issues that we saw in, in high end spirits and wine is one is authenticity, uh, which Sam mentioned, and the other one is access. So th those are the two things, and, and the two things that uh, NFTs really solve are proof of ownership and proof of authenticity, uh, which are two very big issues in the wine and spirits world. In I think I think one of the things that makes spirits um, spirits and wine so collectible is the fact that you can recreate this stuff. Uh, you know these are these are bottles that have been you know, that have been placed in barrels 30, 40 years ago, or wine that, that you know, you can recreate a vintage of wine from a certain year because of the, you know, you're in France, you know, the, the terroir, the way, the, the way it works. Um, so these are actually collectibles that you can't just recreate. Um, it's not, and, and there are so many collectibles that are, that are moving into the NFT space. I think that one of the th great things about wine and spirits is that you just can't recreate it. It's a very, it's very collectible. Um, and, and, but it has this, this issue of authenticity and proof of ownership. One of the other issues with, with wine and spirits is that because of regulation, you just can't trade it. Um, if you're, you know, you can, you can buy a watch today and you can put it on a platform and trade it. You could buy sneakers today, you could put it on a platform and trade it. Wine and spirits, you need a liquor license to transact, to have any, any, any legal transactions. Um, so what we, what we do here is we give you the ability to be able to transact in an NFT that, can, that does correspond to a physical bottle. But you're only trading that art piece uh, onwards, and then eventually, when someone applies for redemption, um, they can then source that bottle. But here, you can trade this NFT that corresponds to the bottle all around the world, um, which you couldn't do before. I mean, the, the the way to do it in the in the past is you know you get these certain very hard hard to get items either in a high end duty free store or at an auction house, and then you could then you have to store it in your house, and then you can send it back to an, an auction house, and they can maybe sell it for you. But it just becomes very difficult. What NFT, the way we're doing it does, it just simplifies the whole process for everyone. With Blockbar, uh, are, you, are you looking to get more investment or uh, you'll find where you are? What's, what's the plan going forward? Um, the plan going forward is, so we're not really looking for investors. Uh, we're trying to, you know, we don't want any added pressure to, you know, perform, get 20x back on your investment um, and get out. Our goal from the beginning was to solve an actual problem for consumers and for the brand owners. Um, so again, our goal is to continue to have exclusive drops, really open up the door for high-end spirits and wine investing and collecting to the world. Right now, when you think of someone who invests in high-end spirits or wine or someone who collects high-end spirits and wine, you think of a kind of an older demographic. Um, and right now, when you think of people who collect NFTs, you think of primarily a younger demographic. So our goal is really to create a product and we feel like we've done a good job so far that speaks to each generation, each age generation. So this is a product where boomers, millennials, and Gen Z alike all understand it. We're kind of introducing Gen Z to collecting high-end spirits of wine and, and introducing boomers into the world of NFTs. I think that's a really interesting point, Sam, isn't it? It's about, it's about the fact that, uh, you know, as we, as we hurtle towards the metaverse, as, we, as we're looking at blockchain and all these different things that come with it, um, you know, it's very much tended to, to the younger generation. And you're absolutely right to isolate the fact that this is uh, the collection of, of, of liquor, for example, or, or fine wines tends to be a, 
people in their you know older years kind of collecting up art or anything else can you see a model where what you're building now can be applied to other uh industries as well so we're talking about liquor in this instance or wine uh what about arts and everything else and is that something you want to uh pursue going forward yeah definitely i mean i think that the um the use case of block bar is applicable to many different industries one thing that's unique about block bar is that you know, storing high-end wine and storing high-end spirits is very difficult and you run the risk of, of ruining your collectible altogether. There's a book called um, The Billionaire's Vinegar, where it was the most expensive bottle of wine ever sold, stored improperly, where even if it's authentic, you know, the, the, the entire investment could go bad. But I think that the use case is very, could be very well used in different industries. Um, we just think that, you know, for high-end spirits and high-end wine, it really is a perfect use case. Like you said, we're entering into a new technological age where everybody wants to own cool things, but there really is no need for you to store those things in your house anymore. Um, especially when people are on the move, people are working remote, um, people are traveling more. It, this is just a way, NFTs are just a way to you know, have that collection go around with you and it be mobile. Now, if it's tied to a physical asset, you know, even better. If it's, if it's in a facility that you know it's gonna be stored better than you storing it in your house, amazing. So I do think that the use case is amazing for multiple different industries, including art, fashion, any sort of collectible. Um, but our primary focus right now is to focus on high-end wine and high-end spirits, just because that's where our background is. Um, and that's where we feel we're solving a, a very big obstacle, obstacle for consumers. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I, if I buy an NFT, it's attached to a nice bottle of whiskey. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm definitely more inclined to, to buy it. Um, is there a certain, on, on that point, in fact, is there a certain type of uh, drink that seems more popular than others in your platform? Uh, I know to you, uh, the companies you, we, we mentioned at the outset uh, tend to be sort of whiskey companies. Is it primarily a wine-based uh, idea or is it, is it more around liquor? Well, it's, uh, it's still pretty early. We've done 10 releases so far. Um, our goal is to have a release every two weeks for, the, for our first year in business. You know, as you said, whiskey has been predominantly strong on our website because it's such a strong collectible, but we also released a tequila. Uh, we have plans to release a vodka. We released a wine already. Um, and I think that the use case for wine is really incredible just because again, the risk that you have storing the wine in your house is so great that I think that once wine companies realize, uh, you know, Block Bar is really solving a problem. It is helping us capture this younger demographic. It is making collecting and investing much easier. I think that everything is going to line up into place and, and we have a lot of good brands on board. Can you talk a little bit more about the security of the product as well? Yeah. No, why don't you go in a little bit into why yeah, we should be for it? Yeah, the security is of, of product is we, we, we store this product in a warehouse in Singapore. Um, that's, and the reason we chose Singapore is because it's really one of the safest places in the world, uh, to store anything. The product is stored in bond. So, you know, not subject to tax. It's stored in a facility that's 24 seven cameras, um, no access to people. It's, you know, it's, it's really made to store, you know, fine wine, fine whiskey and, uh, and art. So that, that's really why we chose location. We, we were scouting, you know, we're, we're scouting different locations in the world of what's the best place. And we, and we decided on, on Singapore. And have you come across any issues in terms of jurisdiction, uh, et cetera, in terms of what you're trying to achieve? Well, one thing that's really interesting is right now, if you live in a region where you're not allowed to import spirits, you're kind of limited. You can't really start a collection. Um, this is a way for people who live in those geographical regions to really own a bottle without physically having it in their jurisdiction. 
Um, and we offer the capability to pick up your, your collection uh, in Singapore or in any of our duty-free locations. So it is a, a really interesting opportunity for people who have restrictions for importing alcohol to really own a bottle overseas. Now, Sam, you said in a, a recent interview uh, that Block Bar is democratizing traditional spirits, the traditional spirits industry, and allowing everyone anywhere in the world to participate. Can you explain how the platform actually makes that possible? Yeah, well, again, as I said, there are geographical restrictions to where we can actually ship the product, but there's no geographical restriction to the internet. So because everything is online um, and utilizing you know, cryptocurrencies, blockchain, uh, and the internet, uh, you're able to basically own the asset wherever you are. And as I said, you know, traditionally, when you think of someone who's collecting spirits, it, it, it does tend to skew a bit older. Um, to date, 86% of our traffic has been ages 25 to 34. So we are really democratizing that. And Dov, um, tell, them, tell them about the, the McAllen Boutique. Yeah, so one of the things that really, that we made us understand about, you know, why, why, this, why this would make sense is because we, we have a McAllen Boutique in New York, um, in, in JFK, and, it's all, and you have a lot of exclusive collectibles that you can't get anywhere else except in a McAllen Boutique. People are emailing us, calling us, sending us their credit cards to try to get access to those bottles, but they just, they're simply just not traveling at that moment in time. So what happens is somebody is willing to pay even more for that bottle, but they just, you know, they're just not traveling, whether it's COVID restrictions or any other restriction, they just, they're not traveling at that moment in time. So they lose on that, out on that bottle. Somebody else buys that bottle, stores it in their house, maybe forgets about it. The brand doesn't know who owns the bottle anymore, you know, and there might be somebody else that's willing to pay a higher price for it because they want that bottle for, for any symbol, any, any particular reason, it just, you know, that, that collection goes away. Um, so we feel that we're democratizing that more people will have access um, to this, whether you, whether you could buy it on the drop or not, you can always see if it's in the marketplace, where it is, whether it was redeemed or not, you always have, you know, a, you always have also like a second chance. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, right now you kind of have to be in the right place at the right time to get the right bottle. Whereas now, you know, you could do everything from the comfort of your living room. I think that's really exciting. Um, and I think that also uh, you guys have kind of isolated a, a, a need and a, and a problem. And you've used the technology that exists today to kind of uh, nail it, as it were. Um, and I think I want to explore a little bit further about where you see this expanding we touched on it already but where do you see this expanding as a concept as an idea around uh physical ownership of a product that you know may have an nft uh, attached <clears throat> to it you know where are we going to go with this going forward what does the metaverse look like in your view uh in the future yeah i mean i think that the uh, that the use case for yet for nfts and the metaverse is something that uh right now seems a little bit scary to a lot of people um, and again, our goal at BlockBar is to kind of make that a little bit more digestible, um, a little bit more accessible, specifically because we allow fiat as payment and also because it does tie to physical products. Right now, there's a lot of skepticism around NFTs, but I think that in a couple of years, NFTs are going to be a very regular part of every industry. Um, so, you know, when we spoke about, you know, what's the use case of this, the use case of this is infinite. Um, you know, the technology, although it's maybe misunderstood, is a pretty simple technology and it is very efficient at proving ownership and proving authenticity and any asset that you have any collectible that you have ultimately you're going to want to prove that you are the rightful owner and you're going to want to prove that it's authentic so i think that the use case is really infinite um, i think in the years to come it's going to be very regular piece of everyone's lives 
Um, you know, David and I joke that one day maybe the word NFT is 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 even going to be obsolete just because it's going to be such a regular part of everyone's interactions. I think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. Um, what do you guys hope that the future will hold for Blockbar uh, over the next few years? We really want to expand um, the wine and spirits collectible market, um, democratize it. Really, really, for more people to understand it. Uh, for us, we we still think. We still see this as very early stage that, that the that the whole market is very undervalued. What people pay today for certain things versus what you're willing to pay for, you know, a high age bottle of whiskey, uh, you know, that's been aged with history, you know, with vineyards or, or distilleries for, that have been there for hundreds of years. A, the product is aged, you know, for decades. Um, and again, it's what you pay for that versus what you pay for something else. Uh, it's still, you know, even though it's, it's, it sounds expensive sometimes, you know, the, the history you're buying is, is almost impossible to get in, in, in any other industry. So really, we want to ex expand that, um, bring more people to it to understand this incredible world and just, and just bring awareness and education. And, and on the other side, I think a lot of education into the NFT world. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's also education on the NFT world and also into the world of high-end spirits and high-end wine, just because it's an asset that not many people really think about. And it's kind of an asset that has been reserved for certain classes of individuals. So our goal is to really open up that open up that door and open up that possibility for high-end spirits investing and collecting. Um, and like Dove said, it does have to do a lot with education. Uh, you know, I always joke that if we could speak directly with you know one or two consumers, ultimately it's a no-brainer because you're buying an asset for the suggested retail price, and you don't even have to worry about storing it. You know that I don't want to say you know for sure, but for the most part, if you sit on it for a couple of years the value is going to go up or you're going to be able to enjoy the product that you're purchasing. So, you know, a lot of the barriers of high-end spirits and high-end wine is access or storage where we feel like we're really solving that problem. So now it's more about educating consumers into this world. I love the fact that you guys are cousins and it's so wonderful <laughs> to, uh, to hear this story. I mean, are there, are there problems with that relationship or is it just plain sailing? What are the things that uh, drive you crazy sometimes? Well, there's definitely nothing that drives us crazy. I always say that my real claim to fame is nothing to do with Blackbar. It's just the fact that Dove is my cousin. Um, everything is <laughs> incredible so far. Uh, we're four cousins who started this, this uh, venture together. Uh, and everyone says, how did you come up with it? Really, we were just in a WhatsApp group chat talking about this world, trying to figure out exactly how to enter it. Um, but it's been you know, incredible thus far. I, I imagine it's going to be incredible for a long time. For us, there's nothing like working with family, with our cousins, with my father, with my uncles. It's been an incredible relationship. And, and one of the things is just that, you know, that unlimited trust, you know, for me, I never have to, I hope I never have to worry about, you know, doing anything. <laughs> I want to be, I want to, I want to be your cousin. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I can, I can join the family. We, we, do, <laughs> we do need some cousins in the UK region. So we'll let you there know. You go. There you go. There you go. There you go. We can I'll sign up for that. Um, and as for you two, you know, what does the future hold aside from aside from Blockbar? What does the future hold for you guys? I think I think we're going to continue at it, uh, continue at it with Blockbar. Uh, keep trying to grow this and, and really you know drive this model. I think asset backed NFTs are going to grow, you know, in the, in, in, into the into many different like Sam said, it's going to be everywhere. Um, whether it's with Blockbar through Wine and Spirits or other platforms, you know. We, we can talk about you know there's, there's you can collect uh, watches now Nike's Nike's doing something on their own so I think asset backed NFTs are really going to be the next big thing um, and that and we're excited for it that's that's what we're really gearing up for. 
Okay, well, you know, guys, thank you so much for your time. It's been it's been really interesting. I I wish you all the best for your project, and uh, it sounds fantastic. And thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you so thank much, you much for having us, Francis. Thank you. You've been listening to Metaverse with me, Francis Hellier. Thank you to my guests, Dove and Sam Falik, for a fantastic conversation. Uh, do tweet us at MetaversePod with any suggestions or feedback. And if you enjoy the podcast, please do share a link on social media. You can sign up to receive an email when a new episode drops at our website, metaverse.fm. Metaverse.